As we go through the stories of the various kings of Israel and Judah, the divided kingdom, we will see that some of those kings did what was right in the sight of God, and many of the kings did evil in the sight of God, and as a result of the evil, God would send often a prophet to warn them about what they were doing, but they didn't repent and change their ways. And so God would raise up an instrument of destruction for them. Uzziah is one of the kings who did good in the sight of the Lord. We see that in Second Chronicles chapter 26. He was 16 years old when he began to be king over Judah. And in verse 4, it says, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. It's a very strange phenomenon, but along the way, very often, you forget to pray. You forget to ask God what you should do in the situation. It's like we think we can do it ourselves. It's being lifted up in our own heart. And that is when destruction comes. It may be eternal destruction. Or it may be temporary destruction from God causing us to repent. Sometimes God would send them off into bondage, allowing another nation to rule over the children of Israel and the children of Judah. And when they saw the bondage and felt the affliction of the bondage, then they would cry out to God in their affliction, and God would often have mercy on them and send them a deliverer to deliver them from what they had gotten into. But as long as you seek God, you prosper. As long as you pray and just simply say, please show me what to do. Humbling yourself in the sight of God. The downfall of Uzziah came when he was strong. Second Chronicles chapter 26. And Uzziah made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped by God until he was strong. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For then he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. And Isaiah the priest went in after him 
and with him fourscore priests of the Lord that were valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah the king, and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed, neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. There are certain people chosen by God to do the work of the ministry. That was the case in the Old Testament. The Levites were chosen by God. In the New Testament, Jesus from heaven set up the New Testament church after he was crucified. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he, Jesus, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Paul is an example of one of these New Testament church apostles. For from heaven, Jesus called to Paul and made him an apostle of Jesus Christ. At that time, Paul was on the road to Damascus in pursuit of the followers of Jesus so he could have them bound and taken back to Jerusalem. And some of those followers of Jesus would be killed because they followed Jesus. And Paul was gathering them up to take them in bondage to Jerusalem when Jesus spoke to him on the road to Damascus. Acts chapter 9, and we also have an extensive account of this in Acts chapter 26. Let's look at Acts 26. What you're going to see, hopefully, is two things. Jesus called to Paul by name from heaven to cause him to be a minister. He gave him an assignment. From heaven, Jesus called Paul. And that is what has to happen today. You are set in the ministry by Jesus as he, from heaven, communicates with you that you are going to be one of his ministers. There are various ways that he has to communicate with you, but if the call of God from Jesus, from heaven, is not on you, you cannot do the work of the ministry. Many people try to do it, but like Uzziah, who reached out to touch the work of the ministry without being called, there's a terrible penalty that comes upon those who try to do this today and in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is given to us as an example to show us the ways they sin, to show us that which is right in the sight of God, to show us the destruction that comes from God. And at some point in time, destruction comes upon those persons 
who reach out to do the ministry work without being called by Jesus. And many, many people are that way today. Many are ministers because of their own desire, and they put themselves into the ministry by going to Bible colleges or going to seminaries and calling themselves reverend, which no man in the Bible ever called himself reverend. So that should show us this is wrong. But these men and women go to their own destruction, and it will be a terrible thing in the day of judgment for them. For they reached out to touch the ministry, just like Uzziah tried to do. First, we'll read about the penalty on Uzziah for doing this, and then we'll come back to Acts 26 and read about Paul, who was called by God. First, Uzziah. This is in Second Chronicles chapter 26. Uzziah goes into the house of God to offer incense to God. In those days, they did that in the sense that the priest appointed by God offered incense to God. We don't do that in the New Testament church, but they did in the Old Testament in the temples. The priest tried to stop him. They withstood Uzziah the king, and they said, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron. They are the only ones that can do this. Verse 19, Then Uzziah was wroth, and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priest, leprosy, rose up in his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. And Azirah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead. And they thrust him out from thence, because the Lord had smitten him. And Uzziah the king was a leper unto the day of his death, and dwelt in a separate house, being a leper. For he was cut off from the house of the Lord, and Jotham his son was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Uzziah did right in the sight of the Lord until he was strong, and lifted him up in his heart. And then he was going to do the ministry. And God struck him. Let's look at the example now in Acts 26 of Jesus calling from heaven to put Paul into the ministry. In those days, Paul was called Saul. But Jesus calls him by name Saul, Saul, on the road to Damascus. Acts 26, Paul is telling this story to the king who is about to judge him. The Jews have captured Paul, and the king rescued Paul and is judging Paul. 
And Paul says, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore I beseech thee to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify, that after the most straightest sect of our religion I lived a Pharisee, and now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promise our twelve tribes instantly serving God day and night hope to come. For which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them off from every synagogue, and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Paul didn't go back to the Jews with prisoners that worshipped Jesus. From that moment, he was changed into another man. From that exact moment on the road to Damascus, he was changed. He was now a disciple of Jesus. He had 
the call of God, of Jesus, on his life to be a minister. In the various scriptures, Paul talks about the ministry that he was given by Jesus. And he says he was an apostle, preacher, and teacher. And he often identifies himself as an apostle in each of his opening statements in his letters to the churches. And he says, I, Paul, an apostle of God chosen by God for the work of the ministry. Why is he so strong in doing that? Well, he never walked with Jesus when Jesus was on the earth. He didn't receive a call of God from Jesus, as did Peter. When Peter knew Jesus personally, he heard the voice of Jesus. He saw the body of Jesus. Paul hears a voice from heaven after the crucifixion and resurrection. He is sent into the church as an apostle by the call of God from heaven, by the call of Jesus. He is called to be an apostle. And every minister in the church today must have that call of Jesus on his life in order to be a minister. No man takes this unto himself except those who are called by God. And the ones who put themselves into the ministry by copying other preachers bring great destruction upon themselves. I heard Kenneth Copeland testify that he flew the plane for Kenneth Hagin, and he decided that he could do what Hagin was doing. He decided. And so he locked himself into his garage for two weeks and memorized the teachings of Kenneth Hagin and then went out to preach. This is not the way you become a minister of God. You can become great and famous if you happen to have the fleshly talent to perform on stage. You can become popular among people. But those people who are of God will see the spirit behind what you're doing. I know one woman who said she was very boring as a teacher, so she hired an acting coach to help her present materials. And she became very famous. Very famous. How did the Apostle Paul go into the ministry? First, he was called by God from heaven. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 how he performed in the ministry. Verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand 
in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He didn't make up clever stories to entice you, as ministers today often do. He didn't depend on emotion of man to draw you in. He determined to know nothing except Jesus Christ. Therefore, he spoke that which God called to his attention. And for three years he was in, I believe it was Damascus, and God was teaching him. And after those three years, he went and met Peter and was with Peter 15 days. But it was after God had taught him. I know so many ministers who try to get other people to supervise them. I've been asked many times to supervise individual ministers. And I've refused every time. If you are of God, God will teach you. God is your supervisor. The Holy Spirit is in you to guide you into all truth, to teach you all things. Follow God. Follow His Spirit. What God showed me to do is just read the Bible. When I speak or write or speak podcast or radio broadcast or do writings, just yield to the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit calls a scripture to my mind, speak that scripture. If he calls an example to my mind, speak that example. Whether I'm in a church building or on radio or doing podcasts, one time God spoke to me while I was on a golf course playing golf with two women. One a Methodist woman, one a Church of Christ woman. As we were playing golf, the Methodist woman began speaking about people who judge other people. And the Holy Spirit brought the following out through me. If you judge someone is judging, aren't you judging? And she went, (sighs) like a balloon that had been filled with hot air pricked by a pen. If you judge, someone's judging, aren't you judging? At one point, God told me the time had come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And he had me deliver certain messages of wrongdoing to big-time TV ministers. And when I couldn't get the messages to those ministers, God showed me to just record the message on my radio broadcast, which were from coast to coast, naming that minister by name and telling what he had done that was wrong. Much persecution from the churches followed my doing that. And at one point, I had a meeting in Seattle where I was on radio. The manager of the Seattle radio station was standing outside the meeting room door as I approached the meeting room. George had always been very friendly to me. But this time, he had a very stern look on his face, and he said, Joan, about those messages you've begun speaking, those judgment messages, you have many good messages. Just speak them. But if you keep speaking these judgment messages, I don't know what's going to happen to you. We may have to put you off the radio. 
the Holy Spirit rose up in me and said, George, if I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message and I may as well be off the air. That's sort of a revelation from God. If I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, why should I be on radio anyway? Because I don't have a message if I fail to speak the message that I believe to be from God. So we, as ministers who are called as ministers, we speak that which the Holy Spirit wants us to speak. He reminds us of scriptures. He gives us concepts to speak. And we are faithful to yield to the Holy Spirit. Another example, one time I was with my favorite aunt, who was Church of Christ member. And as I was speaking with my aunt, I heard from the Holy Spirit, tell her about being taken into heaven. Well, I didn't want to do that. To tell a Church of Christ member about a supernatural event that has happened to you, but I yielded to the Holy Spirit and began to tell her. After I was born again in the night, I was asleep and I was transported into heaven. I was with God. I was with Christ. I was with the Holy Spirit. I didn't see anything of physical images. It was a spiritual experience. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. And after this, a few days later, the exact same thing happened to me a second time where I was transported into heaven. Exact same thing as the first time. And as I spoke these words to my aunt, I noticed sort of a dreamy look coming over the face of my aunt. And after I finished speaking, she said, something like that happened to me once, and it was all golden. She'd been taken into heaven also. There wasn't any condemnation from her. There wasn't any fear from her. She had the same thing happen to her once, or a similar thing. But she knew God, and she was different from the churchgoers who only knew about God, but didn't really know God. For she'd had that personal experience that we have to have being born again. So unless you have the call of God on your life, you must not reach out and touch the ministry and put yourself into the ministry, as many do. Jude, verse 17. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. Mockers. 
those who imitate other people rather than having the Spirit of God teach them. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. They try to put themselves into things of God without having the Spirit of God. Oh, there's so many in ministries today who do that. They do not have a call of God on their life. They operate by the flesh. They entice other people to come to their meetings by performing music or by clever speaking or by dramatic acting on the platform, waving their arms and stomping around. When you have the call of God on your life, you are given the Holy Spirit. He teaches you. Just as he taught Paul, just as he teaches me. You simply read the Bible and God enlightens you to things and gives you that electric surge of the Word of God. And you present that. Yielding to the Spirit of God and speaking things that are of God even when you are with someone that you would prefer not speaking those things to. That's being a minister of Jesus. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.